Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Teacher Takeaway podcast. You are joining us for episode 32 on parent engagement. And so in this episode, we are diving into the inquiry question. What value is there in partnering with parents to support students? I am hosting this episode alongside my wonderful colleague, Alice Vigas. Hi, Alice. Hi, Aaron. How are you? I am good. How are you? Good, thank you. Very much looking forward to diving into this big, juicy, meaty question, which who knows where we'll go with our wonderful guest. We actually have Rachel Stewart joining us for this episode. Hello, Rachel. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. And uh, I really like how you introduced that. <laughs> big, juicy questions. <laughs> oh, I know. I know this is going to be a really great conversation. So we appreciate you joining us for this episode. For those uh, listening, to this episode, a little bit about Rachel. Rachel's passion for parent engagement in children's learning happened by accident. It was when her eldest child began school that she realised there was a huge disconnect between home and school that was preventing her from effectively continuing her role to support her children's learning at home. It was then she discovered parent engagement was actually one of the key strategies backed by five decades decades of research that wasn't yet being implemented consistently in schools across Australia. Old models of involvement were still part of the culture of schools and engagement and learning was not on the radar. And this was a turning point for Rachel in discovering ways to support schools as a critical friend, coach and consultant to create a culture that included parents as partners in children's education. Rachel has trained and coached pre-service, new and experienced teachers from setting goals, improving confidence and self-development to support their work, as well as understand how to build relationships with parents to engage them in learning. And in 2018, Rachel was named in the Educator Hotlist Awards as an influential leader in education relating to her work in developing strategies to build positive school communities and social capital to support parents. And this collaborative and creative approach enabled the schools she partnered with to shift culture and embrace parent engagement in learning. And as a result, she's re- uh, those schools reported a marked difference in behaviour and well-being. And she's recently published her own book for parents called Creating Connections, Inspire Your Child to Thrive in Their Learning, which is available now from Amber Press. And she's currently working on her next book, an online course for educators to support this most important relationship. Wow, Rachel, you have been busy. I certainly have been busy. It's been uh, quite the journey, I must say, over the last 13 years um, working in this space. And as you mentioned, I did uh, sort of fall into it by accident. Um, And I suppose I started looking at ways that I could support my child as she started her learning at school. And uh, to be able to do that, I had to really work closely with the school principal and teachers to understand how I could actually uh, do that at home and have be on the same page, I suppose, as as her with her learning at school. So we started exploring different ways that we could do that in, in her school. And I was lucky enough to land in that school because the leader, the principal at the time, was very passionate about exploring parent engagement. So I was lucky enough to be able to join him with, along with his leadership team um, to learn all about 
what parent engagement was at the time um, through some of the professional learning that was happening at the Catholic Education Office during that that period of around 2010. And yep. we had there was quite a few international guests that came over from the US and the UK to work with staff. And there was a family school partnerships program that was implement being implemented in schools, low SES schools across Melbourne. And our school happened to be one of them. So I was very lucky to be able to be on that journey right from the beginning. Yeah, that's awesome. And you did say you fell into a back and it was a bit of a shift. Tell us about what was the shift in your career to get you into education? What were you doing before that? Yeah, I was a graphic designer and I was running my own design business from home. Uh, I started that in 2001 uh, so that I could raise my children from home and, and be with them in those early years and spend time with them. And um, yeah, so I was really, I was exploring marketing with the school at, at first, the principal asked me to uh, to do some marketing for the school to lift enrolment. So the first thing we did was to survey the parents. And through that survey, he recognised that we learned so much more about the families and their background just through the questions that I asked and and how we explored, you know, ways to communicate better with parents and, and how to actually encourage them to enrol in school. And so it sort of started from there. Uh, so over the years, I have done some marketing for schools and integrated parent engagement into the marketing as well. Because mm-hmm. often shift. schools spend time marketing to parents, but once they're enrolled, yeah. uh, it's it's really about continuing that relationship and really exploring how to support parents as mm. partners in learning. Yeah, because it's that's just the beginning of the journey, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. And you mentioned a little bit about that initial partnership with your child's school at the beginning of your education journey. How has your journey evolved in education over the last 13 years? Yeah, well, I I guess my first step was to start helping in the classroom, which is a fairly traditional way of getting involved in in the school. Uh, And that was my way of understanding how education works, because the last time I'd been in a school was as a student, so I had no idea how to be a parent in a school. <laughs> and every parent goes through that and it's a bit of a mystery. So uh, I started to get to know the teachers by going into the school and then uh, this, the school principal asked me to obviously do the marketing, but then that led to becoming a parent leader, the leader uh, representative of a Kids Matter Action team. And so that sort of then led to me running a parent group, parent action team group in the school with school teachers and leaders. Uh, And I ran that for five years and that was basically a way of shifting the culture of parents to be able to understand what their role was in their children's learning and to bring them into the school for community events and so we could get to know the families and we had a very multicultural community. So the number of initiatives that we created as a team were, I suppose, the catalyst of me moving into a consulting and uh, critical friend space with other schools because I thought if it happened, if it can happen in my school, it can happen in any school. Mm-hmm. So, so I started working with uh, so several school principals just consulting and doing my surveys and helping them understand their families and working through some strategies 
with them. And then uh, gradually that sort of led me to become a volunteer of the uh, Victorian state parent body, which was at the time Victorian Catholic Schools parent body. And I started working or not not working just as a volunteer parent on that committee, which was a huge leap for me because I didn't really see myself as a leader at the time, but the school principal and the teachers at the school recognised my leadership potential, so they encouraged me to um, to undertake that. And then that led me to become the executive officer of the organisation. So I was I found myself all of a sudden meeting with the education minister of Victoria and um, the directors of Catholic education in each diocese and. Uh, a number of staff across Victoria and, uh, you know, sort of sort of moved up the ranks, I suppose, and it really gave me a really broad understanding of education as a parent but also as an educator because I did some, some work at, at Victoria University as a learning facilitator and, uh, and then at a government level, uh, policy development and at a system level with policy development as well. And uh, so I suppose I... Uh, over the last 13 years have really had a, a very long initiation into education and having a really good grasp of the system overall and and that's sort of given me a, a broader picture too of the areas that need improvement and that's I, I guess the mission that I'm on in supporting the capacity of teachers and parents to work together so that we can then see children thrive and help them to thrive. Mm, such a broad range of experience at lots of different levels to give you that insight into, you know, just exactly how things operate in education, yes. all of the, you know, right down to the grassroots level all the way to the to mm. the top. So fascinating. Yeah. yeah. What, a, what an exciting journey to go from, like you said, just being mm. a parent at your child's school to, you know, having such a big impact on you know, the education system in general and what that looks like. So, yeah, we're super excited to, to hear from you and we'll probably start with a really big open question for you now that we're going to get into it. Um, what is parent engagement, Rachel? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess if I start with the traditional parent involvement, um, I describe it as doing things for the school. So if you think about when you're a child at school and your parents might have helped out at the tuck shop or the, the canteen, uh, parent volunteers coming in to run Mother's Day stalls and and those sorts of things to, to raise money for the school and usually, usually fundraisers. Uh, and there's a parents and friends committee that would be a fundraising committee. Uh, even helping in the classroom is... I guess parent involvement in some ways, but it's also parent engagement. But ultimately parent engagement is taking it to the next level and that is really when parents have an active role in their children's education. And by that I mean they're not teaching them at home, but they're supporting the work that teachers are doing at school. So it's really about seizing teachable moments as a parent and reinforcing the learning with them, having conversations about learning uh, taking them to different places to give them different experiences of learning outside of school so that then when they're at school, they've made the neural connections in their brains that allow them to be critical thinkers and creative thinkers and that enable them to have the capacity to be able to focus, 
and do the things that they need to do at school, listening, uh, following instructions, all of those types of things that parents can actually engage in with their children at home. Um, and often the, I suppose the go-to is thinking that parents have to come into the school to be engaged in learning. And that ha- there is an element of that where it's really important for parents to understand what learning is uh, and that learning does happen everywhere, uh, but also to have a sim- have a grasp of the language that the children are learning about at school too so that if they're having conversations with their children about their learning, they are using the same sort of terminology, but also that the learning that they're doing at the time is part of a conversation because often as parents we receive information after the fact So this is what the children have learned this week or before they learn it. So in some ways uh, it's challenging for parents to actually engage in the learning because they don't really understand what what their children are learning at the time. So that's kind of a long way of describing it, but uh, hopefully that captures most of what uh, parent engagement is. Mm, and I like that you differentiated the difference between like parents just being involved and what parent engagement really looks like and the fact that, like you said, it doesn't mean coming to the school because for some parents that just really isn't an option for them. Um, but it's about creating, I guess, that shared understanding of how parents can be engaged. Yes. And parent involvement, I've actually put this in my book too, uh, parent involvement is really important as well for community building. And the community building side of learning for children is seeing teachers and parents and, you know, parents as well uh, together uh, demonstrating relationships and leadership. Because uh, I know that when I was uh, working at the school running the parent group, I got to know a lot of the students and so they knew I was a parent leader in the school and that's how the principal referred to us as parents, parent leaders. And, of course, parents are leaders in the home. It starts in the home. So that concept of parent leadership really begins, you know, as soon as you have a child um, because you are the leader in the home and and you can um, you can be intentional in how you actually raise your children. Uh, so, yeah, it's really important to have those community building uh, events and things that schools do run because that is such an integral part of our fabric of building community and um, and children need to be able to see that and experience that, especially the volunteer side of our lives because we always need volunteers and uh, to be able to demonstrate to children, you know, how to help others and how to be selfless, that's a really important aspect of parent involvement. Yep. You talked um, a little bit just before about um, parents being able to recognise those teachable moments. How do you suggest as educators we encourage parents to be able to recognise those? Yeah. I love this side of the work because uh, I used to love doing this with my children and I still do, (laughs) even though they're older now and uh, young adults, uh, is really just observing your children while they're learning and observing things that they're seeing or talking about or uh, when you're out and about, if they observe something or you observe something where it's uh, related to something they're learning at school or if it's uh, related to uh, 
a learning opportunity, I suppose. So I can give you an example. Um, when my son was young, we were walking to kindergarten one day and he found a bird's nest on the ground and he picked it up and I took, I actually took some photos of, of the nest of him holding it with his little chubby hands. And we talked about that nest for ages and we were, I was asking him questions about it and he was asking me questions uh, things like where do you think the bird is? Um, what are the materials in the nest that the bird has gathered to create the nest? And and then he that just piqued his curiosity. Then I wonder where the bird is and where the mother is. And so it's just those conversations, those teachable moments where, as a parent, you need to seize the opportunity to actually have a conversation and get them to be curious about the world around them and. Uh, what actually happens in nature and and those sorts of things. So it's really observing and then just seizing those, those moments, not all the time, but just whenever you think it's appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. That's great advice. Um, what do you think is the difference in roles between a parent and a teacher in being able to support our students with their learning and support them at school to, you know, be the, be the best they possibly can be? Yeah. Well, I think that the role of the teachers is they are the professionals at delivering the curriculum and the pedagogy that they use, the the way that you teach, the way that you engage students in their learning. And um, I guess the the role of a teacher is expanding constantly, uh, but really, you know, in, to include well-being as well now. Um, and really being in tune with the students, similar to parents, being observant of their students and uh, really understanding them as learners and knowing how to actually appeal to their learning styles and um, the, the many roles that teachers have. Uh, whereas parents, their role is to parent, first and foremost, is to teach their children, you know, how to behave and what, you know, from right from wrong and and how to actually um, conduct themselves at school, how to build friendships, which is actually quite a challenge for parents as well. Um, and that's where I think the role of teachers and parents working together is really important because often teachers are skilled at helping children to socialise at school, but parents are not often, well, we're not actually taught how to uh, teach children those things. Sometimes it comes naturally to some parents uh, and it really begins when they're in early childhood when they're socialising with other children. Um, but it's really, once again, comes back to those teachable moments and, you know, when your child does behave a certain way, it's just talking with them and and um, and sharing how to actually conduct themselves and how to manage their emotions and but there's so many different aspects of parenting that teachers can't always do because, you know, you're delivering the curriculum and uh, and you only have a certain amount of time during the day. So there's quite a few different different. There's a quite a few differences, uh, but essentially, I would encourage parents really to focus on parenting and being intentional around their parenting, uh, but also looking at ways to encourage play at home uh, because play is a, a really good way for, for children to learn different skills 
like social skills, like resilience um, and exploring their own creativity, their imagination uh, and really giving them those experiences so that then they they are they actually de- develop a love for learning by having experiences. Does that like make sense? <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. And like you said, Rachel, it's it can be hard. Like I think about as a parent myself, my background as a teacher, how that helps me in navigating some of those things. Um, and I guess as teachers, we often take that for granted. Oh, why can't parents just blah? But there's there's no manual on how to parent. I don't go no. to read chapter, whatever. Um, and there's so many things I guess that we are. Um, attuned to as teachers because it's our skill set and it's what we do in our daily work but if you're not a parent working in that space you just you don't see that and you don't know how to navigate those those things so like you said it's really important to I think be aware of that as as teachers that parents have a very different skill set particularly if they don't work in education and they don't work with kids Um, yeah yeah and I have to share that I only learned how we learn (laughs) fairly recently when I was studying to be a coach and was learning all about how the brain works and how we learn. And I feel one of my passions is to share that with parents now because once you realise how children learn, it makes a lot of things make sense, even Mm. as babies when they're uh, experimenting and, and they're learning so many things and their neural connections are firing all the time. Uh, you don't, well, I didn't realise as a parent how important that is uh, for mm-hmm. their learning at school. Uh, and so that's why I'm really passionate about learning through play because that really uh, nurtures those neural connections and and really understanding how your children learn is actually helps parenting as well and, and teachers if they understand how the child's brain works. Uh, it, it can just add so much so many benefits to understanding why children behave a certain way um, mm. and why as a parent each of your children are different as well yeah. and because you sort of <laughs> forget that they're learning as well as a parent you think oh why aren't they at this stage by now or you know there, there's always these questions that are in the back of your mind what my eldest son did this why aren't they doing this at the same age or so comparing siblings and those sorts of things, but mm-hmm. understanding that every child is different and that they learn differently is a really, I think, really critical piece for parents to learn. Yeah, yeah. And I love that you talked about in um, that previous question, just the importance of understanding the different roles as well, that teachers and parents, they're, they're different. And I know as a teacher, it's hard to take that hat off with my own child and not be a teacher and be a parent. And, you know, go, yeah. no, I'm not the teacher, I'm her parent, and I just need to focus on that. Um, so looking at, you know, the, the different roles between teachers and parents, what do you think are some of the the things that can prevent um, that relationship from working and being, you know, a powerful relationship? It's a really good question because I've, I always describe it as a bit of an elephant in the room. <laughs> and actually more recently I've been describing it almost as like it's almost like two children fighting over a toy whose whose role is what and mm-hmm. um and I think it's 
sorry, I've lost my train of thought. Can you just repeat the question? Yeah. So what what are some of those things that prevent that relationship between a teacher and a parent from working and being a powerful yeah. relationship? I believe that it's uh, perceptions. And mm-hmm. that's the that's the starting point, and that's that's actually the uh, first module in my course that I'm developing uh, because I uh, looking at perceptions of each other, uh, the perceptions of parents of teachers, and perceptions by teachers of parents, uh, and and it comes back to understanding each of our roles. Uh, but we are actually very controlled by our own perceptions, which come from our experiences, our life experiences, our family upbringing, our culture, our traditions, um, and sometimes our mindset might be fixed on traditional ways that parents have been involved at school and that they don't necessarily need to understand the learning or um, they don't necessarily they don't need to ask too many questions. Um, and the perceptions of teachers of parents could be from their own experience at school. So if they've had a bad experience of teachers at school, then mm-hmm. they can bring those perceptions and those fears or those anxieties to the relationship with their child's teacher or their child's experience at school. So those perceptions really need to be worked on to undo all that and realise that we're all adults who surround children and that we all have a role to play to nurture them and to help them to thrive because if we let those perceptions get in the way then we're not able to build relationships and it all starts with trust and uh, yeah overcoming perceptions to build trust is a a really important um, I suppose hurdle to get over Mm. to to enable that to happen. Yeah and like like you said it, it can be so many things that inform those perceptions whether it's yeah your previous experience or what your parents did when they were at school so yeah it's it's really important like you said I think to start with that and to to address that you know uh, preconceived idea of what parents and teachers should do and what their role should look like and it's such a big space too you know the perceptions that we have of other people whether it's you know something that we've seen them do from a distance or, you know, the way we've seen them interact with others, that perception that we build up of what someone's going to be like or things we've heard about someone mm-hmm. really yes. has such a big impact on the way that we go about approaching someone and engaging with someone. Yes. And so I encourage teachers and parents to focus on what they what they want rather than what they don't want because often we, we focus on the negative negative. Mm. Um, and instead, if we are intentional in our thought process of, well, I actually really want to build positive relationships with teachers as a parent and as a teacher, I'll, I would like to build positive relationships with parents and then work through ways to do that and be proactive rather than reactive. Uh, and I often used to share that with the parents in our parent action teams to instead of complaining about things that the school's doing or that the teachers are doing, what is it that you want to happen and come with a solution rather than a problem? So it's, yeah, it's really just about shifting mindsets and 
uh, working through ways to actually solve problems together rather than mm-hmm. us us against them sort of situations. Yeah. Pat, like we we often talk about, you know, kids these days, they've, they've changed, they're not the same as what they used to be. We can say the same, I guess, for the parents in our communities. How have parents changed over you know, the last few years and why are some more difficult to deal with than others? <laughs> well, um, it's interesting you say that because it's it's a phrase I hear often from teachers. I have to deal with parents. Um, and I think it comes back to, once again, understanding behaviours uh, and understanding human behaviour, which is not a skill that everyone has. Uh, and that's, I guess, why I want to, uh, you know, do this work is to help teachers to understand the behaviours of parents and there's usually a reason behind it uh, and I often bring it back to whether it's uh, they need more information uh, there's it's it's very psychological a lot of the behaviour in terms of wanting to have a sense of control over mm. their not necessarily their child's life but their own life and and having control and understanding of that their child is going to be okay is a is a part of that. Um, sometimes some parents may have had uh, some challenges having children, so they can be quite protective of their child or their children. Um, so there's many different reasons why some people might behave a certain way, but there's usually a reason, and it really only takes a conversation with questions that dig deeper into the reasons behind it but once again exploring a solution rather than it becoming like a combat combative discussion and yeah of course some people do get angry and uh can bring there's there's a lot of emotions involved when it comes to children so to skill teachers in in having those sorts of conversations is really important because often we can be reactive to the way that someone's behaving and become like a mirror of that person. Uh, And if there's fears there, like if a teacher is fearful of a parent, then that can be projected onto the parent as well. So it's really important to understand human behaviour at a deeper level so that you can actually... uh, build those I suppose build rapport is the really important one and work out ways to um, overcome that I suppose that projection of dealing with parents because Mm. if you go into a discussion with that mindset that's what it's going to be it's going to be I'm dealing with a parent rather than Mm. I'm having a conversation with a parent so that we can come to a solution together so it's yeah it's really about your attitude and your mindset when it comes to um, those situations. But the only person you can control is yourself, not the other person. So focusing on your own self-awareness and how you're responding to different uh, things that are happening is really important. Mm. Yeah, 
And it's so important that you made that point, Rachel, because I know I think around, particularly in in schools around children's behaviour, the narrative has changed a lot of around that, taking that, I guess, trauma-informed approach and, and understanding that behaviour is communication. So the behaviour is not really the issue. The behaviour is, you know, it's like the, the tip of the iceberg rather than what's really going on below the surface. Yes. But it's not just the truth that children's behavior it's the truth for all behavior and you know and sometimes we have people go but they're adults and they should know better but we never know someone's life journey and and perhaps somebody is is acting that way because they've never been given the strategies to handle like you said what's going on for them in a way where they can regulate their emotions or regulate their behaviors so just it's that same approach that we take for for our students we actually need to keep in mind with parents um yes. you know and all adults you know the, the the staff in the staff room that that everybody's behavior is not really what we should be focused on it's always coming from like you said a place of concern or fear or worry or you know we need to just ask the questions and try and figure out what is driving that so we can overcome it and build that positive relationship because we know with students relationship is the key yes in you know getting past that behavior it's exactly the same with adults and like you said with parents it's it's exactly the same it is and we all at some point struggle with adulting mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh i think I suppose there's been a lot of stressful things happen in the last, particularly in the last few years that people are still grappling with uh, and in their own, um, you know, need for certainty. Uh, and and I suppose it is that sense of uncertainty and, and just needing reassurance. Uh, there's quite a few different elements of human behaviour that are at play and, mm. It is complex and any relationship is complex and it needs to be worked on. It, it can't just, you can't just expect parents to trust teachers straight away. I often use the analogy of um, when you go to buy a car, you go for a test drive and try out a few different cars and, you know, you ask plenty of questions about the car and to, you know, to figure out which one you want to buy. But mm. parents don't get to test drive teachers. <laughs> And they're handing over their most precious child to every teacher that they have every year. And and there is a sense of uncertainty of, is my child going to be okay? Are they going to be safe? Um, And sometimes it is just a phone call of reassurance that some parents need. And and often I hear teachers say, I don't have time to call every parent, but it's, it's really those identifying those parents that do need that extra support that, perhaps uh, could just be, you know, a five-minute phone call that is all it takes. Yeah. And, you know, like you, we've talked about in the conversation, there are going to be those barriers, there are going to be those tricky conversations that we need to navigate or those tricky behaviours. Um, but it's about our mindset. Like you said, if we're going into it with, oh, I've got to deal with this parent, like we're already setting ourselves up for a, for a battle rather than going with that mindset. But, um, you know, even though it can be hard work for you, what, what do you think the value is in partnering with parents to support students? Yeah, well, I I think uh, partnering with parents is really about understanding that you, you do both have a role to play 
and that you can actually help each other. So when parents are working with teachers to support the child and vice versa, then it is a reciprocal relationship and the child is the one who benefits the most. Uh, I'll give you an example of uh, one of the teachers I was coaching. Uh, She was second year out teacher and she had observed a child in her class had stopped writing. He, he was, um, he was struggling with his writing. So she shared an email with me that she'd sent to the parent uh, just to let her know that, um, that the child had refused to write in class. And she was just wondering if they could meet up and have a conversation about, you know, what some strategies might be. Cause I shared with her that just sending an email and, uh, if you if you assume that something's going on at home, then that can really get a parent's back up straight away because they feel like they're being attacked, that it's their fault that the child's not behaving or not right, you know, that he's not writing at school, so there must be something going on at home. So that particular parent was very open to working with the teacher and they discussed some strategies together. And uh, so the parent tried a few things that the teacher had suggested at home and uh, then the teacher had provided some feedback to the parent to say, uh, I've noticed he's starting to improve in his writing now. He's starting to get excited about writing now. So just the fact that the parent was willing to work with the teacher uh, and the teacher had some strategies. She didn't know if they were going to work, but she just decided to to try a few things and got him to just write shopping lists or uh, write letters to people or just different sorts of writing that he could do at home that would get him interested in writing again. And it turned out that uh, spending the time with him, the parent found out that he wasn't understanding something about the writing that was being asked of him. So then she shared that back to the teacher. So that really demonstrates a partnership approach to actually supporting the child Uh, And just working through solutions together, even if they didn't work the first time, they would try something else. So, yeah. So I think that the value in partnering with parents is that most importantly the child's supported, but the teachers feel supported and so do the parents. And so there's no conflict there. And the most important thing is that they work through solutions for the child Mm. at the centre. Yeah. Yeah, it's often that missing piece of a puzzle sometimes that you need to be able to kind of make things happen for the child or, you know, for them to be able to learn. So the understanding, you know, there might not necessarily be something going on at home, but oftentimes there's that communication with the parent around, you know, the child's come home and said, this is really hard with writing. I'm not understanding it, the parent and communicating that back. So the teacher's Mm -hmm. got a little bit more of an understanding around what that sticking point is yeah, yeah. for that and, child. Um, utilising parent knowledge of mm. the child too is is one aspect of uh, partnering with parents because the parents hold different knowledge of the child and this is from Debbie Dr Debbie Push's work. She's done a lot of research into parent knowledge and uh, how teachers can utilise that to, to support their own relationship with the student but also understand the student at a deeper level. So, um, yeah, and that's a really good example of sharing that parent knowledge that the parent had had observed. Um, And 
I can share another example of when my son was, I think, in grade three, the teacher shared with me that he was becoming very disruptive in class <laughs> and as grade three young boys do. Um, and I knew that my son was very bright and he would get bored very quickly as soon as he knew something or he grasped the concept, he would uh, start to muck around because he was getting bored. So so we worked through some strategies together, the teacher and I, uh, to shift him away from children that were distracting him or that he was distracting. And and she shared with me the visible learning framework that they were using and giving him incentives to actually get to the next level and instead of uh, yeah becoming bored and, you know, disrupting the class. So if we hadn't have had that conversation, I think he would have had a different year because he would have been getting told off all the time and um, getting into trouble and I would have been receiving those dreaded phone calls <laughs> that he was being naughty in class. So mm. I think that that's another example of partnering with a teacher and a parent to uh, work through solutions together and, and listening to parent knowledge of of the child and, and then using that to to strengthen the relationship between the teacher mm. and the child. Yeah. Yeah. So important. Do you have any kind of other strategies that educators might be able to tap in or leaders might be able to tap into to help strengthen and build those partnerships with parents? Yes. Well, I think the first uh, step really is to focus on building trust and focus on the relationship first before uh, engaging in learning because until you've built the trust and understanding amongst the teachers and the parents, um, engagement in learning may fall flat because you do need that sense of we are partners in this process uh, from all parties. Um, so really looking at those perceptions first and really working through those perceptions, and, the, and this is included in my course and in my next book actually, uh, and looking at uh, the skills that you need to build relationships and uh, most importantly communication and how uh, the school is being intentional and purposeful in their communication with parents and uh, really looking at communication strategies and not just how you're communicating but also tone of voice and what phrases you're using in terms of encouraging a partnership uh, but also instead of just saying it's a partnership demonstrating that it's a partnership so really looking at ways to improve communication how parents actually responding to communication are you actually giving parents uh, a call to action I suppose I'm um, from a marketing background, so I'm always looking at, okay, so if you send out information to parents, how how do you expect them to respond to that? What are you asking them to do? Uh, and often as we uh, talk about in marketing, what's in it for me is if you're asking parents to come into the school and they're very busy and they have to get time off work, there has to be a reason for their them to be at the school, in the school grounds. So really looking at what is the purpose of this communication? How is it building confidence in parents? How is it building their capacity to uh, in, be more engaged in their children's learning? And how is it building their confidence? Um, 
And also how is it building their capacity to build relationships with teachers? And making, I suppose, one of the biggest challenges for schools is having the time and the space to build relationships and making the making the actual um, space for that and to have dialogue with parents. And often that's through parent-teacher interviews, but how can we build on current practices such as parent-teacher meetings mm. to build that confidence with parents and to build that trust with parents. A very simple way to do that is to send positive messages home to parents about their children uh, because that really shows that teachers care about their child and you're not just getting the call from the school when the child does something wrong. You want to actually hear what they're doing right as well and so that then helps the child at home because there's a more positive outcome to that conversation than the child was um, uh, misbehaving at school. Mm. And, and really, it has such a, sorry, it has such. Sorry, Rachel, to cut you off. That's all right. It's such a powerful impact, though. Those positive messages home because those, you know, you have those families of you know those children who always get the negative. You know, they're always getting that phone call home to say little Billy's disrupting. He's doing this. He's doing that. Yeah, but. And when you call to give them a positive message, they're like, "What's wrong? What did you do now?" And yeah, like, oh, I'm ringing with good news, and they're so they're not used to receiving such positive news about their child and their learning. And it kind yes. of takes a moment for them to flip the script in their head around. All right, like you know, what have I got to do to <laughs> you know to discipline little Billy when he gets home? Yes, but it's something that you know. In my context, we've been working hard this year to change that narrative and every week we spend a chunk of the first five minutes of our stage meeting time to send five positive messages home, you know, to five families um, mm. just to kind of, you know, give them a little bit of positive around their learning and how they're going with with um, the day-to-day, you know, activities at school, you know, on top of all the other things that we send home. But it's just that, you know, that nice little moment where we're all, you know, sharing five things and sending that home and, you know, the parents, the the feedback that we've got from parents is that they really love to see those positive messages. Yeah. Yeah, it goes a long way and mm. it could be just that simple. Um, mm. and, I, and I think being, thinking about how hospitable you are being with parents as well. So if you think about hospitality, it's not what people say, it's how they make you feel. So thinking about how parents feel when they come into the school. Do they feel welcome? Do they feel part of the community? Um, and how, uh, how are they actually welcomed into the school? So uh, I suppose a lot of schools now have different spaces where parents can gather and um, have a coffee or um, I was actually at a school today where they have a community hub and they have uh a whole range of classes for parents that they can do. So uh, they can learn English. There's um, a play group and they can do, they do cooking. There's all a whole range of different things that parents can be involved in and uh, socialise with other parents. And they are very hesitant. Some are very hesitant at first, but then within, with a very simple conversation, invitation um, and encouragement, then they start to come in because 
We also have to remember that a lot of people struggle in social situations, especially mm. since the pandemic. And so networking with people doesn't come naturally to everyone. And so when you are actually planning events and things like that to bring parents in, it's really thinking about, okay, how are we actually structuring this so that people do feel comfortable? Mm. Uh, and even parent-teacher meetings, are we are we sitting on the same level? Mm. Are we sitting above them, which is, you know, that's a little bit confrontational for some people if they mm. sit below the teacher. Um, there was a teacher at my children's school who used to have a couch in his room and he set it up like a living room with a coffee table and he had food and as, it was as if we were sitting in his living room having a conversation. So it was very relaxed and um, quite easy to have an interaction. So I think it's just thinking outside the box a little bit in terms of how to be more hospitable and um, and helping people feel comfortable in your presence. Mm. Mm, yeah. There's some great strategies there. Mm, absolutely. Mm. And I know um, <laughs> this is one of those conversations that we could keep talking about for ages because I think it's it's one of those things where you never reach the destination. Like I don't think we can ever say we've got it nailed and we've got it covered and we're, we're blitzing it in the parent um, partnerships domain because we all continue to change and evolve and grow and things like that. So for our listeners that are really interested and they want to keep up to date with the work that you're doing and keep in touch with you, how can they, how can they do that, Rachel? Yeah, well, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, my uh, profile is Rachel Stewart, Practically Learning, and I'm on every social media platform, really, <laughs> Instagram as well. And um, my website's practicallylearning.com.au and you'll find uh, my courses on there. And I have a number of webinars and um, interviews that I've done recently that you'll find on YouTube as well. Um, so there's a number of different ways that you can connect with me. Um, my book is available through Amber Press and it's called Creating Connections. So that's that's a book for parents, but teachers would find it helpful and useful as well because there's a lot of information in there that um, is also for teachers. And my new book, which will be through Amber Press as well, that we I believe it's going to be published in January. Uh, and I'm also hoping to launch my um, group coaching course in January as well for teachers. And, and that's where we'll explore uh, some of the strategies that we talked about tonight and um, and look into uh, those human behaviours that we need to learn more about and, and why people behave a certain way and how uh, I can support teachers to be able to interact more uh, positively and effectively with parents. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. I know. I know, Rachel. You're looking for um, a few volunteers to uh, trial that course. Yes, definitely. So, if any of our podcast listeners um, would like to give that a, a trial, um, we can give you that link and get you in touch with Rachel um, so that you can uh, be a part of that wonderful work that she's doing. Yeah, that'd be great. What are your takeaways, yeah. Aaron? Oh. So many. I think two, <laughs> two big things are sticking in my brain that I will have to keep thinking on and reflecting on. Number one is, Rachel, when you talked about perceptions mm. and that idea of 
the perceptions that we bring, you know, and, and I, I, I've probably said it and I know I've heard other people say it, like, you know, parents just need to stick in their lane. Um, do you mean? Cause we have these preconceived ideas of what parents should be doing. And, you know, I think that's a really powerful conversation to unpack and open up and, and talk about what do we really want partnership to look like? Mm, yes. Um, and, and look at that closely. And like we were saying, the, the whole idea of even the perceptions that we bring into conversations and the attitude about, you know, oh, I've got to endure this conversation or I've got to, you know, deal with this parent, all of those things and how that plays into our behaviour. Um, and like we talked about, you know, behaviour um, is just really the surface level and we need to dig a little bit deeper and ask um, some more questions maybe to get to the bottom of of unpacking some of those things that can get in the way and stop those partnerships from really working, which is, is, yeah, can be confronting to do that and to, to have those conversations, but um really important. So they're probably my two, two big takeaways that I'm going to have to think on. What about you, Alice? Well, I had those overcoming perceptions too, was one of my big takeaways and really thinking about, you know, as we head towards the end of the year and we start to think about transitioning our students into you know, the next year with the next teacher and the next class, the kind of conversations even that we're having between teacher to teacher around our perception of these students, being mindful of not passing that perception on to another teacher, giving them the space to make up their own mind, particularly around the relationship that, say, I have with parents may not be the same relationship that another person experiences. So being mindful that, the conversations that we have and the way that we talk about students and their families comes from a space that's not kind of muddied by our perception mm, yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, and my other big takeaway was around, um, you know, you have to build that trust and relationship first and then looking at how are we communicating with our families, you know, are the words that we're speaking matching the actions that we're putting out there and making sure that those two are on par and making those, you know, our families feel welcome in the space, not just through the words that we're putting out there in our communication, whether via email or our newsletter, but also the way that we're behaving, the way that we're interacting with our families, with our students. So those were my two big takeaways. Well, that's great because I think I suppose the message that I'm trying to share is that everything starts with you, everything mm. starts with me, uh, and working on your own behaviours and uh, mindset is where we need to start mm. uh, because you, what you think about you bring about really. So mm. if you think uh, a certain thing about a person, that's that's how, you, how you're going to view them through your eyes. So it's really about uh, self-awareness and it, it, like I think you mentioned before it, it can be confronting because mm-hmm. basically you have to look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself a few questions about, um, okay, so how am I contributing to this and how can I change myself mm-hmm. to then change that relationship? Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, All so that emotional intelligence, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yep. What a um, what a powerful conversation we've had tonight thank Mm -hmm. you for for joining us Rachel and for yeah 
in some ways opening up a can of worms, but making us really <laughs> think about some really deep things in regards to how we engage with parents. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been really great conversation and uh, hopefully, yeah, I have shared some useful information and some some gold that you can take away and, and have a think about and uh, possibly engage with me at some point to um, to learn some more. Oh, absolutely. Um, so much gold to reflect on in this conversation. And for our listeners um, out there, yeah, make sure you get in touch with Rachel Follower on the different platforms. We'll share all of those links in the show notes for you if you want to find Rachel um, and keep up to date with her work. But thank you so much for joining us, Rachel. We are going to wrap up um, this episode, but we just appreciate you giving up your time and, and sharing your knowledge and expertise with us. So thank you again. You're most welcome. And that concludes this episode of the Teacher Takeaway podcast. So that is it for episode 32 on parent engagement. As always, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your uh, thoughts, your feedback, your key takeaways from this episode. Um, Get in touch with us via our social media. You can share your thoughts as well as give us any suggestions or ideas for upcoming guests or topics that you would like us to explore uh, as we wrap up season three and stay tuned for season four because we are beginning to work on that which is a scary thought but uh, we're (laughs) looking forward to bringing you season four with new guests and new topics so do share with us your thoughts and your ideas for that you can find us on instagram facebook and twitter at the teacher takeaway podcast and we will be back with another episode soon 